Hi, Matt McDonough. You know, there are times when you're out there looking for the most perfect podcast for you. And I'm here to let you know that you don't have to look anymore. There's a special podcast network out there called the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. They've got everything you could possibly ever look for in a podcast. Everything. So, if you're looking for something to fill your ear holes, or just something nice to listen to, head on over to tangentboundnetwork.com. Click on the channels link, and go ahead, listen to your heart's content. Here at Tangent Bound Network, we'll leave the mics on for you. Hey guys, this is Enrica Jang with Red Stylo Media, and you are listening to Adrian King and Adrian Has Issues. Welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, as per usual, and today I am sitting down with someone who like, I've been speaking to a little bit prior to starting, and I'm already having so much fun. He is the founder and CEO of Project Dragonfruit, which is a dating app, but this dating app is a little bit different from a few others. But why is it different exactly? Well, that's what we're going to get into. But please welcome my guest, Ori and F. Ori, how's everything going? Hey, everything is absolutely fine. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. I didn't want to necessarily, you know, give too much away at first. I'd rather have you tell the story. So what exactly makes the Dragon Fruit app so unique among other dating apps? In a nutshell, Dragon Fruit is the dating app for geeks. Um, so that's, that's pretty special all on its own. It is formulated specifically for like for the geek experience we designed everything from the ground up thinking about what it is that makes the dating app world difficult or maybe imperfect for people with geeky interests people who like to spend their time talking about you know all the all the stuff that we like to talk about people like me and you and uh you know <laughs> right. all the all the people we tend to hang out with the dating app scene is kind of not really well set up for that community and that was what we were setting out to cure quite a few years ago when i was still single i did check out a lot of dating apps and i will agree because they're kind of catered to a way where you're supposed to be putting your best foot forward but yet i felt like a lot of the things that they have you go into or at least maybe question that they're asking like it just didn't seem like it always seemed like such a hassle to really put down anything that wouldn't scare anybody off, <laughs> you know, because like I said, as someone who as a geek, you know, like my parents were. And I mean, shoot, as I'm recording this, I'm wearing a Captain America shirt. <laughs> so if I'm basically doing a dating profile and, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, hey, you know, I like to read comic books and I enjoy sci fi. I'd imagine that's a little tough because, you know, I'm sure maybe the people that you are looking out to may not necessarily be into that as well. So that's really cool that you kind of already have it set up. So that way that takes away so much of the hassle of letting people know, Hey, you're into this because 
let's be honest, for a very long time, it was hard to find, you know, to meet people with similar interests unless you were at like a convention. Because once you hear that, I think people had a tendency to kind of like gravitate in the other direction. Yeah, it's it's weird. There's a there's a strange kind of uh, I I mean I consider it a dishonesty that happens in dating apps that you know the geek culture these days is so ubiquitous. It's right. everywhere. Everybody's into it. The biggest movies of the year are superhero movies, Marvel, DC. What? Well, Marvel, and the, <laughs> <laughs> and. And, and like everybody's into something that's a little bit geeky in some way or another, but it's, it's as if everyone's hiding it. It's as if people on, you know, on your Tinders and on your match.coms and whatever that it, you know, it's, it's, it's a secret. It's this like anathema thing that we're not supposed to admit to. And I just think, I think that's a whole load of bull because like there's, there's this, this idealized version of, what people are looking for and what people are trying to present of themselves, which isn't true because they're trying to hide the things that they're passionate about. Because right. apparently it's uncool. It's weird that everybody knows that geek culture is clearly big business these days, and yet it still remains uncool in this weird kind of way. So when somebody asks, oh, what do you do on a Friday night on whatever app you're on? The answer is required to be a, you know, oh, checking out the coolest new bar in my, you know, Brooklyn bedsit, whatever. Um, when, when most of the time, I think a lot of people are pretty comfortable staying at home, hanging out with their friends, talking about nerdy stuff, you know, catching up on whatever sci-fi show we're binging on netflix maybe i'm just talking about myself now uh, <laughs> you basically described like my perfect evening well right it's <laughs> it's for me for, okay my thing everybody out there who is listening my thing is board games i love board games particularly uh cooperative strategy games these there is there is an amazing world out there right now um, like this renaissance of these awesome tabletop games that you can play with your friends. It's an amazing way to spend an evening. You can have like these short ones that only take half an hour, 45 minutes, and then you've got the epic ones that take three or four hours at the very least. And that is what I love to do. Try typing that into your regular dating app, and it's simply going to like you're going to lose whoever you're talking to. And right, it's, it's just not too wordy. <laughs> well, it's not because that isn't a thing that sounds like fun. It's just like, oh, I was hoping for uh, some, I don't know, something that doesn't really exist. So, um, getting back after that ridiculous tangent, the idea with Dragonfruit is that we start from a place of honesty. It's about building a community of comfortable, open, friendly people who acknowledge the fact that being geeky is freaking awesome and that we can sit and have the best times of our lives with our friends playing a board game instead of necessarily dancing with Beyonce at, at the newest, best, and trendiest club because, like, that's just exhausting most of the time. So... Yeah, it's 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 about building a community of people who are comfortable with themselves and with others and that brings you to the dating world in a in a much more honest way. And I think that's really important. 
tell you the truth, when I was looking it up, I'm like, why didn't this come out much sooner? I mean, granted, it ended up happening anyway, because my girlfriend, who's also this podcast creative director, um, you know, we met on Twitter because we had similar interest in the band Coed and Cambria. You know, that band is very much rooted in, you know, geek culture. You know, it's like a sci-fi concept story. There's comics. And then it turns out we had a lot of other interests, you know, like we both love, you know, anime and James Bond movies and things like that. And yet, you know, when I'm talking to her, I'm just saying to myself, like, wow, like, I never would have known about you had it not been for social networking. But yet that story is kind of, I think, I don't want to say rare, but it's not necessarily, you know, the same result everybody else is going to get. Because, I mean, we happen to be in an area where there's so much going on that it's kind of hard to not find it. But yet, what are the other people who maybe don't know a lot of other people in their area who are into the same thing? So, yeah, I could definitely see why this is really important. And it's also like it's still expecting a lot from people we uh, okay it's weird that the internet as it was created by the geeks of the world right really isn't very well set up for people like us necessarily the people who are good at dating online are the same people who are good at dating in real life um you know, very good looking people who are very gregarious, who know all the right things to say, who have the perfect witty, uh, you know, pickup lines or whatever. Those are the people who need no help whatsoever in the world and the people for whom the the various apps that exist out there. Even with the podcast, I can still be very socially awkward. Yeah, exactly. You, if, if, if you're... For our generation of, of geeks, I'm hoping this isn't going to be the same in the future, but for our generation, we still grew up in a very kind of um, intolerant world where having interests that diverged from the mainstream made you a bit of a social outcast. And that means that we were socialized to kind of be quiet, be sit in the corner, all this like grim stuff we weren't allowed to participate. So right. we don't necessarily have all all of the same skills no you know that some some person who is entering the dating pool after you know 10 years or 15 years or whatever of of being told that they are weird and different and all of that doesn't have all of the advantages of 10 years of experience of just being a cool guy out on campus and you know it it means that something had to be set up for people like us. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we did. We were trying to cut through all of the awkwardness because it's still, even with other apps and things, there's still that pressure to be as cool and as, you know, mainstream, I guess, as possible. And it does not lend itself to our kind of people. The dating sphere left the geeks behind, and that's just so strange considering that we're the ones who created it. Right now, I just have so many questions because I'm thinking to myself, all right, so now that we've realized that there was a hole that needed to be filled, how is it that then you, in turn, went about trying to fill that? Ah, well. So apart from the idea of creating that community, right? Everybody who's right. on Dragonfruit created a Dragonfruit account. That already puts you into a pretty, like, elite group of people who <laughs> i say elite um that puts that puts you into a particular group of people who thought of themselves as nerdy enough to go onto a geek dating site which is already a great start it means that anybody you're talking to is already going to understand the kind of passion that you feel about the things that um 
that you are interested in, right? The, right. My, my definition of a, of a geek is anybody who's passionate about anything to perhaps a slightly unhealthy degree. And that's, <laughs> and, it, and, I can, and that can be anything. And the, the common factor there is, is passion. And as far as I can tell, passion is basically the sexiest thing in the world, but it also is to do with subject matter as well. So the cornerstone piece of technology that we develop for Dragonfruit is the interest-based matching algorithm. Okay. Um, so you go on and when you're creating an account, you tell the system you have to select one to three geekdoms. And your geekdom is whatever you're into. And you type it in and our system starts crunching the numbers. And it finds people who are into the same stuff, of course, but also into stuff that is related to it. And that can be all kinds of weird things. We've got simple hierarchical trees. I'm going to try not to get too techy on you right now because not everybody's into <laughs> I really enjoyed that part, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So there are the obvious things like we, we ask you to get as specific as possible because it works the best when you get really down to the details. Right. Um, because, you know, be, being into one thing that is related to something can often be for very different reasons than other things. For example, if you're a, um, you know, if you if you're into Batman and your favorite character for some inexplicable reason is Batman himself, um, you're going to be a pretty different person from the person who really likes the Joker. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, so so the more detail you give, the better, but it doesn't just find you people who are into the same kinds of things like that. It, it goes a lot deeper. It finds the qualitative stuff that are related to what you've selected. So if, continuing with the example of Batman, you, you, you have chosen Batman, and that is because it is sort of dark and gritty and psychological, and there are really um, twisted villains and complex storylines about social things. That's going to be different from the, you know, some of the other more happy-go-lucky comic book heroes that are perhaps a little bit less gritty and dark, and obviously being into the Christopher Nolan Batman movies is very different from being into the old Michael Keaton ones, which were just silly as hell, um, <laughs> which I personally love. So the system takes all of that stuff into account. And you might be surprised as to the things that it throws up when, you know, it doesn't just say, oh, you like Batman, here are five other people who like Batman, hooray. It's a lot deeper than that. And that means the whole, the whole idea behind that, the point, is that the the people who you're talking to, you already know what they're into. Hopefully they're into the same stuff as you are. If not, you at least have some kind of basis for the conversation you're having. It cuts out right. all of the awkwardness that you experience with a lot of, uh, with a lot of dating apps and, uh, you know, dating in general. Um, you don't have that unknown quantity anymore. You can cut through all of that and just be like, hey, you like Marvel movies, did you see Captain America Civil War? What the hell was that ending? And you can just start, you can start the conversation without having to worry that A, you're being judged for being just too nerdy, which does not exist. And you don't need to worry about, you know, not being nerdy to the same degree. You know exactly what you're going into. And I think that that really helps for people who are not necessarily the most adept in weird and awkward social situations. I mean, 
starting a conversation with somebody is awkward at the best of times for most of us. Right. And 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 this helps, I think. I hope that's the idea anyway. I have never been a fan of small talk. I don't even think from like a relationship standpoint. I think about the people I used to work with. And here are people that I've seen every day for dang near like it was nearly a decade. It's like every morning, it, every conversation started the same way. You know, it's like, oh, crazy weather. Oh, hey, you know, maybe it might get a little deeper and ask about like some sort of sporting event. But granted, I'm not necessarily that big of a sports. I mean, I enjoy them. I watch them, but I couldn't necessarily tell you, you know, what was going on. You know, those people, while, you know, much like I didn't know sports, they don't necessarily know things like Captain America or let's, so let's say, like I said, let's use Civil War. So if I go into work the weekend, I mean, the Monday after Civil War opens, right? And it's like, oh, what did you do over the weekend? And I'd be like, I saw Captain America Civil War. It's like, okay, what's Captain America? And you're right. You have to start at the very beginning. And it's like, oh my gosh, like there's not enough time to go through all this. So by the time you even get to discussing the movie itself, you're like, all right, they've already lost interest. That's actually something that's very important because the few times I did date, you got to go through the whole thing. Like you said, of all right, what do you went to? And you just hope and pray that that person that you're talking to is even remotely into the same thing. Okay, usually music would be a good one because it's like, okay, there are several different genres to play around with. But even then, it's like, okay, after that, like, where do you go? So removing that part of the scene, oh, man, so much easier Mm -hmm. to do. But, I mean, music and the geeky world are it's actually a pretty good analogy because you've if if somebody likes music and who doesn't like music of some kind right everybody right. likes some kind of music just like everybody secretly has that little that little bit of geekiness in them that they're like okay yeah i think all nerds are losers but i mean hey superman is awesome um you know that that kind of stuff it still gives you access into the general realm so if you're talking to somebody say it's on dragon fruit and they're into something completely that you that you don't know anything about you can at least relate to the level of passion and you can at least relate to the same kind of things that make that a geek franchise or a geek um area of interest you know the kinds of things that draw people into that i had a conversation recently with somebody who had never seen any star trek but they did have a healthy appreciation for the science fiction writings of Philip K. Dick and Isaac Asimov. I'm like, you've never seen any Star Trek. That's, well, A, that's crazy. And B, <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Yeah, because I'm like, shoot, you haven't seen Star Trek, but yet your love of sci-fi and, you know, I'm probably going to piss off a few Trekkies, but that kind of goes a lot deeper than, you know, some of Star Trek. I mean, granted, you know, not so much the themes, but yet (laughs) Philip K. Dick is some heavy stuff. Just wait till I tell you about this. You can get excited about not sharing an interest just as much as you can about sharing an interest because, you know, we're all geeks here and we all love to talk about the stuff that we love and we all love to learn about new things. Even not having something in common can lead to really fantastic conversations and a really good start to a relationship. Just being in your comfort zone is is, is a huge start. Wow, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> So one of the options on Dragonfruit, we don't just give you your best matches, though we do. Uh, you tell us the the stuff that you're into in your geekdoms, and we find you people with the same geekdoms or with similar geekdoms according to our system. But at the same time, if 
you want to go and search our user base for people who are into something that isn't that close to the stuff that you're into, just because you're interested in it, or just because you happen to know that you like the kinds of people who like that kind of stuff, then you can go ahead and type that into the search section and see what comes up. And it means that, for example, before all of the all of the Marvel movies started coming out and making so much of an impression, right. uh, I didn't know that much about the Marvel universe. So I would have loved the option to kind of search around and be like, hey, you're a person who knows about this, who's really into it. What is this about? And that having that option can be really fun and really lighthearted and just like I think I think probably the best the best interactions online be it on dating or on Reddit or anywhere else uh, the lighthearted ones where people can have the opportunity to talk about what they love and just exchange ideas and learn things from one another and you can take it from there I mean I don't pretend that having a love of Marvel is the you know, the the most important thing to a long-term loving relationship, marriage, kids, grandkids, 80-year-old, die. But, <laughs> but I think it's a great place to start because it means that people are comfortable. It means that you understand one another's capacity for passion, if not exactly the same thing. Like, you know what it's like to completely geek out about something and having the understand, like knowing what kind of person you're talking to it's it's a great foundation for the deeper stuff that can come later. Right, exactly. Do you find that there are people who even use the app in a way of just a social aspect of maybe meeting other people who have similar interests or even like coordinating like let's say groups or even like hangouts or things like that? Absolutely. One of the things we made sure of is that when you were setting up your account, you could specify that what you are interested in is just you know meeting new friends meeting new people uh we want people from all situations in life to to have a place to come together and meet people who are into the same stuff um on our web version it's not on the app right now but on the web version you can actually even uh search for people according to their geekdom in anywhere in the world from where you are and that means that it can be really easy it 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 helps people to find a community wherever they are wherever they're going like if you're moving to a new city and you want to set up you know you want to you want to join a a D&D guild um you can do that just by searching from that location. Uh, I know a lot of people who have been who have been using Dragonfruit just purely for the social aspect, for meeting people around them. And right. particularly, it's it's really nice to see when people in like remote areas who think that they are the only geek in their town are suddenly discovering that there are tons of that there are tons of geeky people all around and are like starting little friend groups and meetups and and stuff like that. It's it's really nice to see i realize that even now as i'm running into people or not physically running into them because obviously that's just rude and <laughs> that you don't make friends that way um <laughs> but you know as you meet people and like i said geeking out about the things that you're into and not even just necessarily comic book culture but yet not everybody necessarily wears that fandom on their sleeve as heavily as i know i do because there's some people whom 
I never would have known who would have been into certain things that I was. Definitely. People will surprise you. And I don't I don't want to sound like I think that all geeks are like awkward, stuttery people and who don't know how to conduct themselves in public or anything like that. The The culture has come so far in the last few decades, I guess, that the stereotype of the the awkward nerd is just so far from the truth these days but it still requires people to hide a piece of themselves so i live in new york and i go out and about from time to time you know i I occasionally leave my apartment and (laughs) i see people in restaurants for example who are clearly on a date beautiful people this is new york city beautiful beautiful people who are sitting there having an intense conversation about what they think is going to happen on the next season of Game of Thrones. And that is inspiring (laughs) to me. I think it's so cool that people, um, you know, that people are having these kinds of conversations when, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that would be unthinkable. You wouldn't have a fantasy series that is capturing the imagination of people who, uh, you know, otherwise would seem as if they wouldn't be interested in that kind of stuff at all. But right, exactly. that, you know, the first time I saw that or heard about that, I was really surprised. And then it just kept happening. And I saw people more and more talking about this kind of stuff. And it And obviously Game of Thrones, what with being one of the most popular shows on TV and being of such high quality and everybody knows Game of Thrones, I guess it's not really that special. What is pretty special is the idea that people are having the same conversations about stuff that is way more esoteric than Game of Thrones. I heard a guy telling his date, I don't know what, about Black Mirror, which I honestly didn't think that anybody knew about on this side of the Atlantic. I hadn't even heard about it until fairly recently, but granted that was on another podcast. And okay. but yeah, before that though, I didn't I didn't know what the heck that was. Well, Black Mirror is a phenomenal show. Anybody listening, incredibly high quality. It is a um I think Channel 4 show. I could be wrong, it might be ITV. Um from the UK, it's um sort of near future science fiction. Very, very good show, incredible writing, seriously disturbing, and this like model-esque Adonis of a man was talking to his supermodel date about this show that couldn't like honestly it is it's just incredibly geeky. And it was it was really cool that like they were having this conversation. I'm like, oh wow! It turns out that the geeks of the world no longer fit into that cookie cutter image that that we all grew up with. So sometimes people feel like they need to hide it, which I think is a real shame. But on Dragonfruit, at least, it's a place where you can where you can just kind of well, we we use the phrase all the time: let your geek flag fly, be who you want to be, be proud of it, enjoy the fact that there is a community and that people out there do want to talk about this stuff, even if, you know, you're not traditionally, even if you don't traditionally fit into that sphere, everyone's welcome. And one thing I did see on a site that I think is also really cool is on the blog section, you even have a section for relationship tips and like dating advice. Sure. That's also really important because you're saying to yourself, all right, now you have a place for people to meet up, but yet, you know, you're dealing with 
people who have common ground, but there's also distinct, you know, personalities. So then you still have to learn how to, I, I hate the term, but you know, it's like, you know, playing the field basically and learning, you know, how to deal with people. And so I think that's really cool that even with the site, you're like, Hey, you know what? Meet new people, you know, whatever you're into. But at the same time, like here's some things that may help out just in case you have any issues. And I think that's really cool that you guys have that function. We try our best with the blog to put out valuable content as much as possible. Like we just want, we want to be a resource for the geek community in any way that we can. And if people want to sign up and try out the platform, that's great. Um, you know, it's free, so I don't see why not. But if all you're doing is kind of trying to understand how, how things work, whatever, we try to make all of that information available upfront and give you our thoughts. So we've managed to put together a roster of some really excellent writers and some wonderful artists as well. And we just try to contribute to the community as much as possible in, in whatever way we can. So the blog, uh, we, we, for example, we, we feature artists and musicians and cosplayers that we find do really great work. And it's just because we want to, you know, show the world, share our passions with them and help them however we can. And we write articles that might be useful to people either with us or elsewhere. And that's our way of supporting the community because it really is the most important thing for us is to contribute to the, the community that we're a part of as much as possible. Because essentially, I mean, I started this for my friends so that they would have a better experience online. And, uh, you know, my extended, extended family is basically anybody out there who calls themselves a geek. I'm doing it for them, too. That leads into what I was going to ask you then as far as, let's say, your origin story. I, I know it's kind of a loaded question, though, because, I mean, I'm not going to say, all right, well, where were you born? No, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you anything, <laughs> you know, that involved. But yet, at what point then you decided to create the app? Because as we established early on, you felt that there was like a whole need to be filled within the community. But yet, how did you get your start? Dragonfruit started when a couple of friends of mine, like I said, we would we would get together every Friday night and we would have a board game night. And we would sit around and we would uh, drink adult beverages and we would be playing our games and talking about life. Kind of, you know, your, your stereotypical poker night, I guess, with the guys, except there were women there and we were playing Pandemic. For a long time, it was just commiserating about our lives and how things are going and whether it's was good or it was bad and what happened that week and whatever. And then it got to the point where we were trying to convince um, two of my friends, actually, who one of them had been single for a long time and one of them had been sort of recently re-singlified. And we all were together trying to get them to sign up to all of these online dating sites and apps and things because, you know, it was fun for us to be browsing through potential matches and crafting the best messages to send and just trying it was like you know playing playing matchmaker a little bit through their phones and seeing where things would go and after a while every single week we were like so how's it going with with these apps and they were like it sucks <laughs> it's terrible like it just doesn't work and so the conversation turned instead of how can we do how how can we use these apps better we started talking about what would we do differently if we were designing an app ourselves? And then sort of the time came of whether or not we would make it a reality and we just ran with it. 
the one thing about dating apps that I come to realize, and you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate, but yet I know one of the issues with I think people on dating apps is the idea of creating a safe place. Yes. As we said before, you know, it's scary. And I'm not even thinking of just from like a social aspect, but yet, you know, creating a place where both men and women or people of any sort of types, whether they be, you know, LGBT or otherwise, you know, creating a space where that way everybody can get together and not have it be too awkward. Is that something that, you know, as you created the site and continue to maintain, is that something that you really think about quite often? Definitely. We have a very firm harassment policy. We have as many ways as we can fit for people to report on users who are acting inappropriately or who are, you know, being or who are harassing or who have inappropriate material on their profile or if they're sending messages that are not okay. So we, we encourage people to let us know if anything makes them uncomfortable. And I think the, the most important part of that is that I, personally don't pretend to know everything. I don't take it in my, you know, somewhat privileged position as a male to know what it is that people that that particularly the the women who have a, uh, you know, a historically a far greater experience of having these these negative things happen to them online. Whenever I get a report about things, I try my best to, to judge, but I certainly don't take my own opinion as the final word. So I'm always trying to understand where the line is and how it makes people feel. And I do that by asking the users themselves. When somebody says, you know, this is really inappropriate, I need to ask them to find out what it is specifically about it so I can form more comprehensive policies and get as much advice from the people who know this stuff best as possible. And hopefully by doing all of those things together, we can keep everybody in a, in a nice, safe and friendly environment. Right. Uh, I will say, however, that the incidents that we've had have been few and far between. As it turns out, you know, geeks who are trying to date other geeks tend to be a pretty polite bunch. <laughs> and that's good. And, you know, that's the way it should be. Like I said, coming from a place of privilege of, you know, being a male, you know, it's a little bit different. But I know for many females and some of them I, you know, speak to quite often who have gone on dating sites, um, it, it's pretty uh, intimidating and it's kind of scary. You know, sort of things they come across. I'm glad that you take such a proactive approach to it because I think in a way that's really what makes or breaks a lot of apps is do users feel safe? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> that's right. I didn't mean necessarily bring the show down, but I think that's something that's very <laughs> important to, you know, let people know. It's like, Hey, you know what? It's also really fun, but granted, you know, if something does come up then you know what? You take it very seriously. No, it, it, it is important and it is worth, you know, spending time to say it. And it's the same, uh, it's it's just as important as, for example, making sure that the app is as inclusive as possible right. to all gender identities and sexual orientations. We don't shy away from this kind of stuff. We look at it, we approach it head on, and we make sure that everybody knows very, very clearly that Dragonfruit is a safe and open place. And if anybody has a problem with that, then they have me to answer to. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I have very low tolerance for intolerance. 
you are very into board games. Now, I don't really deal too much with that because I guess growing up, you know, there was, like you said, Dungeons and Dragons was a thing that a lot of people played. But then, you know, there's also your collectible card games like Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. Now, just to clarify, when you say board games, are you referring to maybe, let's say, something that's along the lines of Stratego or like a tabletop game? Well... Um, yeah, d definitely not Risk or Stratego. Those are like the old god. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little ignorant when it comes to board games. So please sure, share sure, your sure. geekdom with me. With absolute pleasure. So there's a whole movement now in strategy board games. I guess I, I don't really know the difference between a board game and a tabletop game. I think people reserve tabletop for things like... Uh, for things like D&D &D, where you're writing things on a piece of paper and the only thing that really happens is that you roll and it's all quite narrative. Whereas the, the games that I enjoy are going to be more board-based. So this starts in the very sort of beginner level with Settlers of Catan. That's most people's gateway into the more complex, non-traditional board games. And it's just like breaking out of the mold of Monopoly and the game of life where everything is determined by a die roll and requires you to think a lot more critically about the moves that you're making. Right. The games that I love are the cooperative ones where instead of playing against one another, the people around the board are playing against the board itself which is determined to a certain degree by luck. It's, you know, it's a game mechanic. You draw a card, whatever that is. It's either, you know, um, depending on the game you're playing, it creates a condition that you then need to, with your friends, figure out a way to overcome. So the game that started it all for me was Pandemic, which is very, very well known. It won thousands of awards. It's in its like fourth edition now and they keep releasing expansions and it's all very exciting, which is basically the people around the board are some kind of each one gets a character that's some kind of health professional. So you have like a scientist or a researcher or a medic or a quarantine specialist or whatever. And you have a map of the world in front of you where diseases keep breaking out. Holy cow. And you're, <laughs> yeah. And you're responsible for, for moving from city to city, curing the disease and trying to find the cures and the way that you win the game is to cure each of the four diseases that have sprung up in different parts of the world. And there are a thousand different ways to lose. And that's the fun of it. And it's very difficult, but you're just like approaching a problem together that is really rewarding if you actually manage it. Another one that I love is the Battlestar Galactica board game, which is basically you have the board is Galactica and every single turn the Cylons come up and mess you up and you have to figure out a way to just survive. And most of the time, all you're doing is running away and it's everybody working together. But the awesome twist in this one is that one of you is an undercover Cylon and working against the team. How did I not know this existed? <laughs> it's so cool. It's so much fun. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe to me, that's a little too tense. I don't know. But I think that also depends on the group you're probably playing with. Oh, man. BSG is so tense. <laughs> it is dark and intense, just like the show. I don't know. Like, part of me almost feels like that could either be the greatest night of your life or, like, the worst. Because I'm like, that's a great way to make and ruin friendships. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I, 
I don't think I've ever been the Cylon now that I think about it, but it seems like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it takes another one that people love. It's a bit more of a party game is the resistance, which is basically only the deception. It takes, it strips away all of the elements except for the deception. And you're sitting around the table with like eight, 10 people and s- some of you, and you don't know how many are the spies in the resistance and you need to like do operations to take down the government. But like all of that is just fluff. The game itself is trying to figure out who it is who's working against you. And some of the game mechanics give you hints into that and you can sort of just about manage if you're thinking really, really hard about it. You can maybe figure it out, but so much of it is based on just looking around and trying to gauge people and it means that i mean it's just it's just psychology and you're trying to it's 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 a great game as well (laughs) as someone who really enjoys psychological throws i feel like that one would probably be like the most fun yeah oh boy like man any Uh, others that i probably need to check out so okay just like i got this okay pandemic which i think battlestar would probably go well with my friends because i know they're really big fans well battlestar's a big one um it takes a while to set up and i don't think i've ever played a game that was less than three hours so you've really got to commit to it that's not so bad i mean granted i've had games monopoly go almost an entire day and but (sighs) i feel like this is at least a little bit less painful Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Battlestar has more ways to lose than any other game I've ever played. Oh, I don't know. I don't, is that meat or that just sounds like really exciting? <laughs> it's really cool. Um, another game that is really fun that you would probably enjoy is Zombicide. There are actually a couple of different iterations of this, different companies making fairly similar games. Um, it's basically The Walking Dead in a box. So everybody it's a modular game so you set up the board kind of randomly or depending on a scenario that you're playing out okay with uh streets and buildings that you put together side by side on the board and you are trying to achieve some goal sometimes it's escape with everybody because you start off on one side of the board and you need to get to the other sometimes you're trying to I don't know, um, destroy a particular kind of zombie. Sometimes you're trying to uh, find a particular item or something like that. And these zombies just keep on coming and coming and coming. And every time you, um, like, you're searching around and you find weapons and each of the weapons has their own, has its own unique way of working. And you're trying really hard not to kill one another while you're trying to fight these zombies. And it's... It, it really does feel like you're playing through an episode of The Walking Dead. Very, very fun game. Oh, man, Ori, thanks so much. <laughs> this has been really cool. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for taking the time out. Like, I feel like I barely even got to pick, like, a fraction of your brain because I feel like the geekdom runs much deeper than what you're letting on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I you can probably tell for me it's it's about being geeky with other people this is i mean it sounds like i'm just preaching you know the company line but even even in in my own life like i like being who i am and doing the things that i love with people who i love so i'll play multiplayer video games way more than i will single player i will play cooperative board games i will 
um, you know, and it's it's just about doing what you love and being part of the community and just being honest with yourself and living the best life that you can, I guess. And that's that is what Dragonfruit aims to help people do as well. Right. And I think what's also really interesting is you mentioned that you really like playing multiplayer games more than, you know, playing single player. But yet mm -hmm. it's really easy if, let's say, I call a bunch of my cousins up and it's like, hey, do you want to, let's say, I mean, I don't necessarily play it now, but to get, you know, people that you already know and hang out with. So let's say, I don't know, play either like Call of Duty or I don't know, like an Overwatch or just like a basically multiplayer game. But yet you already know those people, you kind of know their personalities and you already get along, but it's a little bit more difficult and kind of going back to, you know, why something like Dragon Fruit is really cool is that it's much more difficult to play with somebody who you may have either just met or known nothing really about. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, it sort of speaks volumes as to why something like that's necessary. And, you know, if for no other reason other than this is something that I think people should really latch on to. You know, more power to you, man. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. But before we go, please let everybody know where they can find the app and any other things that you may want to plug before we head out. Sure, absolutely. So uh, Dragonfruit is available on the App Store for iOS and in Google Play for Android devices. It is also available online on your web browser at dragonfruitapp.com. You should follow us on Twitter at proj, P-R-O-J, Dragonfruit. And uh, there you can interact with us. You can ask us questions. We generally just kind of hang out, talk about whatever is going on in the world. This week it has been all Pokemon all the time. <laughs> um, we are also on Facebook. You can find us at Dragonfruit app. And please do check out our blog. As Adrian said, it is, it's pretty interesting. We work pretty hard on it. And, um, yeah, we are always available to talk about whatever, and we love interacting with people and getting feedback. And also, if you happen to like what we do, or if you just want to support us, it would really help if you left us a review on the app stores. But obviously, I'm not allowed to ask for a good review. Um, <laughs> I, that, that, would be, that would be against the rules. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll put it this way, then. At least be constructive in the feedback. <laughs> Well, Adrian, Adrian, I'm not allowed to ask for good reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me let me not be that guy. I'm sorry, because uh, no, I just yeah. funny, like I'm on like I every so often, you know, when I get an app and I have to do, you know, an update or something, and every so often, like I like to read the reviews of the updates, and then I'm just like sometimes I read them, and you know, if you have some concerns, maybe you could phrase them in a way that's a lot less hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we had we had some issues very early on with our uh, with our servers and stuff, and people eh, a little bit took out their, uh, their their frustration on the app store. And some of my colleagues who work with me were like, you know, I used to leave reviews, and I never noticed that there were people behind the app who actually read this stuff. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're just seeing yourself like, wow, like it's. <laughs> this thing really happened so yeah i would say if anything at least just be constructive anyone who's reviewing it sure and obviously you know you can always email us and and just communicate and if something's going wrong we will do our very very best to fix it and make it as good as possible for you all right very cool well all of my social networking information will be 
handled after the ending theme. But that'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm His Issues. Wait, what? Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm... Wait, wait, that's not right. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Eileen. Tune in to the Adrian Has Issues podcast. Each week we chat with some great people. Including me from time to time. Comic book creators, comedians. Musicians and actors. Tax collectors, Zamboni drivers. (sighs) Point is, basically anyone willing to sit down for a geeky discussion or two on all things pop culture. Visit AdrianHasIssues.com where you can download and stream every episode. Especially the ones featuring yours truly. Visit Adrian Has Issues on Facebook and Twitter. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review and tell me how amazing I am. Us. I mean us. Ah, oh, McKenna, you're way cooler than I am anyway. Aw, oh, thanks, babe. Oh, and Adrian Has Issues is also a proud member of the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Awesome. Nice save, Brodor. <sighs> Visit AdrianHasIssues.com. <laughs>